Hey everyone, this is Natalie Ivey, and in today's show, I'm going to discuss a really crucial topic, best practices in creating internal investigation procedures. Specifically, I'm going to get into why investigation procedures are necessary, and this is an episode that is a must-attend for those of you who work in the public sector. Welcome to the HR Investigations Podcast, exploring the issues, challenges, strategies, and solutions. Sponsored by RPCHR and hosted by Natalie Ivey, an HR consultant, licensed PI, and author of the best-selling book, How to Conduct Internal Investigations, a Practical Guide for Human Resource Professionals. And now, here's Natalie. All right, glad to have you all with me on today's show. And our topic today is best practices in creating investigation procedures. Now, over the years, as I've worked as an HR consultant and private investigator, I've worked uh, with a lot of different organizations and really across numerous industry sectors. And the one thing that I can tell you I've recognized is that everyone really does handle investigations a little bit differently, but there are also some really strong similarities from one organization to the other in that the ones that do have a really good investigative procedure manual, what do you think is different about those organizations and those who don't. Hmm. Okay. Well, one big thing I can tell you is that the organizations that have really strong procedures, they certainly minimize the expensive cost of litigation. Why? Because they've really closed a lot of process gaps in handling employee complaints. Well, what happens in organizations that don't have really sound procedures and stuff slips through the cracks? Well, those are the organizations that employees feel like, wow, nobody here really has a clue on how to deal with me. So guess what? They walk right out the door and they visit with the EEOC. So for those of you who aren't familiar with that, that is called the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And they are a large agency, been around since the early 1960s in the U.S. And it is their job to investigate allegations where an employee states their civil rights have been violated such as if they are a victim of sexual harassment or if they state that they're being treated unfairly, uh, perhaps being discriminated against because of pregnancy or disability or another protected characteristic. All right, so organizations that have internal investigation procedures, dedicated staff members who handle investigations, implementing some technology to create some consistency, right? Those are organizations that are definitely closing the gap on their risk and on their risk exposure. So what's going on today with investigations and really why is it that procedures are really necessary? Well, in 2023, the top things that are going on, harassment, discrimination, retaliation, oh, we're seeing bullying too, but uh, that really depends. That's more of just uh, internal policies that organizations uh, have created, but there are some states such as Tennessee that has the Tennessee Healthy Workplace Act. And uh, so I had to write a policy recently for a a client that's uh, in Tennessee. They didn't have a bullying policy and now they do. And so with uh, a lot of allegations being raised around these kinds of issues, that certainly means that more investigations are taking place than we've ever seen before. And what I'm seeing is that a lot of organizations kind of procrastinate on this and they have, you know, an overwhelmed HR department already. There's not a lot of bandwidth to devote to a project such as implementing procedures. And they feel like they just need to do it all on their own. And then they just keep putting it off and putting it off 
until finally legal comes in or let's say a new new member of general counsel, what I saw recently with uh, a very large client that I have. And uh, they made it a priority and said, look, we've got gaps all over the place and there's way too much risk exposure. We've got one group in the Northeast handling investigations one way. We've got a group in the Southwest handling it entirely another. And they realized that they were just kind of all over the place. So the other issues that are going on today, things like disability discrimination and retaliation claims, which by now you probably know, more than 50% of the intake at the EEOC are claims of retaliation. And those things can be pretty darned expensive. We're dealing with a lot of FMLA abuse cases. I had a recent uh, episode on my podcast where I talked about the need to investigate FMLA abuse because you have some folks out there that know how to game the system. And really, there's just uh, a lot going on. And then you have just your regular employee relations issues where they come to HR and they're concerned about their manager or how their manager speaks to them, or they will allege hostile work environment. When a lot of times when we really look into it, they use those buzzwords and it's maybe a performance discussion that they just didn't like. But nevertheless, there's a lot of investigations that are happening today. And you're not really certain at the very beginning of these things how serious they really are. And so if you don't have some good procedures and some consistency in how your team members are really handling the intake, then you may make some serious missteps that could cost you dearly. And when I say cost you, I mean legally could cost you. So why do organizations really need to have procedures? Well, one of the biggest ones is to make sure you've got some procedures in place whenever you might have third-party harassment, where you've got um, allegations of, let's say, sexual harassment. You could be liable if you don't have some things in place to address it. Here's how an employer could be liable. If the following criteria are met, like if the employee was subjected to unwelcome harassment based on protected characteristic, like I said, sexual harassment, or it could be uh, harassment based on pregnancy or race or something like that. If the harassment adversely affected the terms and conditions or privileges of employment, like created a hostile environment, and then if the employer knew or should have known of the harassment and then failed to take really prompt and remedial action. So here, the duty to take that timely and appropriate action, that's triggered only when the employer knows about it, like when someone's complained, or there is what's called constructive knowledge of the harassment. And constructive knowledge could be implied if um, the harassment was pervasive and repetitive or where maybe a supervisor knows of that conduct. And remember, supervisors and managers are considered to be agents of the employer under the law. So anything a supervisor knows, then the employer automatically knows whether or not the supervisor reports the incident. So to avoid the liability, employers really have to respond to employee complaints, conducting a timely and a thorough investigation of the event. And if harassment has occurred, as an example, then you better take some steps to stop the problem and keep it from happening again. In other words, apply an, a remedy, and that remedy needs to be effective, and the an organization better exercise reasonable care to make sure that that remedy has been effective. All right. So I'll tell you, the courts have really kind of defined your obligations there, and uh, you've got to have something in place. Now, what are some current trends in investigation procedures and some best practices that I see organizations doing? Well, a big one is shifting to a more centralized investigative model, creating standardization and processes. Well, that also does something else. It's minimizing investigator bias. Why? We're pulling the 
task of investigating absolutely everything away from the HR generalists or HR business partners, because they get so involved in the day-to-day with their leadership teams and the business units or divisions that they support, that a lot of times what happens, it, it can cloud their judgment. When an employee comes forward making an allegation, let's say against the supervisor, well, there's a pretty cozy relationship between the business partner and that leadership group, generally speaking. Now, you know, not all, but what I find is pretty prevalent in most organizations. So the trend is moving the investigative stuff away from those partners that are really working day in and day out on things like overtime or payroll or FMLA paperwork or uh, performance management stuff and creating centralized employee relations or HR teams that all they do is take a case, investigate it, complete the case, deliver findings, and then move on to work another case. They develop some standardization in the way that they conduct their business, and they also are not working day in and day out with the particular business unit. So they're a little farther removed, if you will, from the internal politics. So that's definitely a big one. The other thing that's also shifting is moving to technology platforms, being able to manage investigations in one centralized case file, tracking issues, being able to generate analytics, and also in implementing things like case management solutions. Now, I use a solution called HR Acuity. I've been using that for a number of years, and that works very well for my work as an external PI. And I have several clients that uh, have been using that software successfully for many years. The other thing that also I see is educating the management teams. It's a huge one. They need to understand what an investigation is, why is it important, and understand the ground rules. Too often when investigations are underway, even with a separate team that's been created, managers don't always support that process. They see employee relations professionals or HR as um, kind of sort of stepping on their turf. You know, if an investigator reaches out and says, let's say to the director of marketing, hey, I need to talk with a couple of team members from uh, your group. Director of marketing might push back and say, kind of, who are you to tell me what I have to do or not do? And what happens is they don't always recognize the authority. So it's important that managers understand the ground rules on how to conduct themselves and how to support HR or an employee relations team. Also, as I mentioned earlier, having a technology solution, it's most beneficial. And that's a big trend that I don't see stopping anytime soon. I think you're only going to see more and more organizations shifting to a tech platform with how they manage all of their investigations. And and why? Well, it's kind of like a toolbox in one central place where all the tools and templates and interview questions and forms and reports and everything is really all kind of in a software box for you, if you will. So you don't have to create these things from scratch. And the benefit that I see uniquely for those of you in the public sector, uh, maybe county government, city government, that sort of thing, uh, state government maybe, is uh, honestly business continuity. Uh, sadly, uh, since we've really emerged out of a global pandemic, there's been a lot of turnover, especially with uh, the current state of inflation. Uh, and this is a podcast being recorded in uh, the spring of 2023. Uh, unfortunately, we're still seeing that economically, and that means employees are moving around. There's been a lot of movement. So turnover in the public sector, I've seen the trend. It's a lot higher than it was pre-pandemic. And when you are seeing that kind of turnover, Uh Uh-oh. All of those records that an investigator had, their case notes. uh, Well, what happens if that investigator leaves your your municipality or your county? What do you do? 
well, hopefully somebody knows where this stuff is. And I can tell you, your legal counsel isn't going to be thrilled if suddenly records are just simply lost from, let's say, a very serious harassment investigation. Uh, remember, litigation can take a while. And uh, if you have an investigator that has left the organization and it's not really organized where all their files are, where their evidence is, and uh, it's kind of a hot mess, that's not going to serve you well. Additionally, some best practices in creating investigation procedures really involve creating workflows, certainly templates and investigation policies and implementing training. Uh, I do a lot of that. I mean, uh, I know those of you who are really uh, avid listeners of my podcast, you know that I've been uh, an educator in this space for a very long time in HR and I teach uh, investigations training uh, virtually as well as uh, a lot of times on site for organizations. If this is something that you need some help with, uh, you know where to find me. You can just reach out to me, Natalie at rpchr.com. And uh, certainly uh, happy to consult with you and work with your organization if you need some help around that. Now, in summary, I just want to recommend to you, make it a priority in your organization. Assess what's going on with your current procedures and how you handle cases, identify gaps, and then start in, in really implementing some things. You've got to put in some investigation procedures Get some standardization and some consistency, and then also make sure that you've got a team that is trained and they know what in the heck they're doing when it comes to investigating. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode. I hope this has been helpful to you, and I look forward to having you join me again on the HR Investigations Podcast. Have a great one. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Investigations Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share the show with any colleagues who will benefit from our strategies and solutions. For free bonus resources, simply visit hr-investigations.com. And remember, if you'd like some help with improving your investigative skills, or if your organization is in need of an external investigator to help with the case, please get in touch with us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.